Uh, hey everybody, um, my name is Andrew Nettleblad. Um, I'm accompanied by two of my classmates in my secondary social studies cohort. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Hi, my name is Cole Dickerber. I'm glad to be here tonight. Yep, and uh, my name is Evan Holder, and I'm also uh, glad to be here tonight. <laughs> um, so our topic tonight is uh, teacher mental health, and more specifically, we're going to be talking in depth about uh, certain stressors in the classroom, as well as coping mechanisms and support systems that can assist teachers, um, especially first year teachers going into their first year. Um, we've conducted three interviews uh, in order to enhance this podcast. Um, my interview, I interviewed Colleen Eddy. Um, she has a background in psychology and is um, studying cognitive behavioral theory. Um, and kind of the inspiration for my interview with her was she released a article pertaining to teacher stress linked to student suspensions. Um, and so I interviewed here because it had obviously a lot of pertinence to the topic we're going to be discussing tonight. Um, if you guys want to talk about your interviews, go ahead. Yeah, I interviewed Brian Corrigan and Jordan Smith. They are they co-teach AP World History and Language in Battle High School here in Columbia. Uh, I went ahead and interviewed Megan Warhover. She is a mental health specialist at the Boys and Girls Club of Columbia. She was also a teacher for six years, and she has a master's degree in social work. Awesome, yeah. So, I mean, uh, we're really going to be getting into some topics about um, stress associated with uh, the classroom, um, coping mechanisms, like I said earlier, and as well as support systems. Um, at the... Um, end of this podcast we'll say it again but we are going to have a survey associated with this podcast um in order to kind of rate your experience uh if you guys want to tell us uh things you might have learned um things you might want to know more about and things that just generally interested you um we'll go ahead and include how to get to that link at the end of the podcast um but yeah i think we're going to jump into it first by kind of talking about uh stress in the classroom in my interview with uh, Colleen Eddy, one of the most important quotes that I took away was that 90% of teachers uh, in a survey conducted reported high stress uh, as a result of their job. Um, this was due in part because so many things um, that teachers need to manage uh, ha occur both in and out of the classroom. And oftentimes there's limited resources that a teacher has at their disposal in order to deal with it. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that quote, can you guys like weigh in from your interviews if there's anything that... Yeah, I'd like to weigh in. My One of my uh, teachers from Battle talked a lot about time management outside of school in the classroom. And he said that's a big point of stress because he really wants to give good feedback to students and give a meaningful, a meaningful learning experience to every student. And he has trouble doing that sometimes because he'll spend so much time and effort on one assignment or one thing and he said sometimes he just needs to let himself take a break and move on uh i think it was interesting what you said andrew about how like uh stress is coming in and out of the classroom especially now in this zoom atmosphere we have with covid teachers are starting to do a lot of their teaching at home yeah and so home is supposed to be that personal space for them where they can do whatever they want they can uh, hobbies, friends, and family, and things like that. But now they're taking work to home. And I know there are schools that are, you know, teachers can come in and work there at the school and Zoom there. But I've already had a couple teachers tell me that they're quarantined at home. So they're teaching at home. 
and that's bringing work life straight into their personal life right to the front door. Yeah, and kind of at least for me, um, going into this major, just education in general, I've always viewed as when I'm in the classroom, that's the time to be, you know, in, on top of my stuff uh, and to kind of be ready to work. But when I go home, that's the time when I can decompress to a certain degree and take my mind off of work. But everything that's going on right now, especially as you mentioned with COVID, it's your home has become the workplace. So it's, it's, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a complication. I feel like among many teachers just nationwide now. Um, yeah, my, to jump in, not to cut you off. Go, go uh, ahead. My teachers talked about to go with the COVID. They spend a lot of extra time just simply planning lessons and activities because yeah. there's such a disconnect over zoom mm -hmm. and a lot of kids don't put on their cameras, you know, they barely talk over the mic. So sometimes you're just talking to a blank screen. So that disconnect kind of adds to, mm -hmm. you, know, yeah, you know what I, I mean? Yeah. And then I think there's also, there's also another layer of stress that is now getting added on with COVID because I think a lot of parents are really frustrated. You know, they're stressed out too. They want their kids to learn and they want the best for their kids. And right now, a lot of parents feel like they're not getting that best education that their kids should be getting. So I know when we look at the uh, Columbia Public School meetings, there are some parents that, you know, they're just stressed. But and when I talked to Megan Warhover, she told me this too. She was like, it's important to remember that these parents are angry, but they're angry because they're just worried. And so it's not personal, but they just feel like their kids are not be given the education that they deserve. And so that adds more stress onto that teacher because they're trying to kind of do something impossible. They're trying mm -hmm. to be able to teach quality education through a screen. Mm -hmm. And we've already seen, especially in our host classes, how tough that can be. Yeah, exactly. And one kind of theme that kept coming back to me in my interview with Colin Eddy was how stress, especially associated with teaching as a profession, can really be contagious um, if a, if a parent, as you were talking about, gets stressed out, that stress about the things going on in the classroom, that stress can transfer both to their student and the teacher when they hear about that more so kind of negative feedback. Um, and, and it, it goes both ways because if a teacher is stressed out, then they, the students can sense that. And then the students get kind of stressed out and agitated. And then again, that can lead back to the parents. Um, if the student were to say something about, you know, uh, it, it was a really stressful day today, and that can kind of stress out the parents. And it's kind of just this never-ending loop. I, I think as I, I like Colleen described it was, it's like this audio loop that cannot be broken just because stress is, can be so contagious to a degree where it's just a revolving door, essentially. it's If one person's stressed out, everyone's stressed out. And I think that's a big stressor that kind of like you said, parent – uh, parent stress and just parent complaints and just parent worries can add to that. And again, we kind of talked about it a little bit. COVID, just everything going on right now, talking to a blank screen is stressful for a teacher because you don't know how much your student is taking away. Um, yeah, I've seen I've seen the parent involvement firsthand in my field experience on Zoom. After class every day, my teachers will stay on and offer like meeting time for any student that needs extra help. Mm -hmm. And a lot of students will come on and ask a question and my teachers will answer and they'll look over and be like, mom, do you have any more questions? And my teachers are kind of like, it feels like they're really more careful about what they're saying, you mm -hmm. know, and they can't really express themselves fully. At times. Yeah. It's very limiting. 
And that could be another very big point of stress, feeling like you can never like turn off your professional mode. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Evan, do you have anything else to add? I mean, uh, I kind of went through uh, a lot of the things I had. I mean, it's obvious that all of us are kind of in agreement here that teaching as a whole can be stressful, um, especially to first year teachers like we're going to be. Um, well, that's why it's so important to create coping mechanisms and ways to, you know, help that stress and manage it. Exactly, exactly. So coping mechanisms were, was a common theme that came up in all three of our interviews. Yeah. And my teachers talked about the importance of just needing time to relax and take a break. And one teacher in particular talked about, you know, going and taking his dog for a walk. He's been doing that a lot more frequently. And he's been really trying to stick to like a healthier diet since he's mm-hmm. stuck in the home more. Yeah. And uh, Evan, that made me think of the healthy like health choices your professional talked about. Yeah. So when I talked to uh, Megan, she would talk about uh, healthy ways to kind of work through that stress. But she did it in an interesting way. She did it pretty efficiently in terms of she did it for herself, but she also did it with her students. So she made it a point to any kind of meditation or reflection that she would do about her stress, she would do it with the class. And so she would kind of lead them through it as a group. She'd kind of tell everyone, you know, she gave, uh, she worked with younger kids, elementary school. And so you could do this with middle school too. And I even did it. I remember doing it in high school, but you know, you got the chance you could sit on your desk or sit on the floor or just pick a spot in the room. And then she would kind of guide everyone or do a guided meditation with everybody. And, reflect on stress and what's been weighing us down and what can we do to reach our goals to get through that stress and so I thought her idea was pretty good because she managed it for herself but she also led all of her students through it too so they also got that those uh healthy strategies to deal through yeah. stress yeah and like one point that you made uh Evan about uh really thinking about stre- like stressful situations that you encounter um in my interview with Colleen, she talked um, to a large extent about uh, what's called coping thoughts, something that she discussed when they were kind of getting trained for stressful situations as teachers. Um, and uh, it was just kind of funny because, you know, like coping thoughts, it sounds uh, on a base level, it sounds so easy, but I feel like it's kind of those building blocks that you need in order to stay calm as a teacher and stressful situations. Um, and kind of the quote that she said was, was uh, the question you have to ask yourself is like, what can I think to coach myself through a stressful situation and essentially how to stay calm? Uh, because in those moments, it, it can be like a crisis in that moment. And you kind of need to be able to really kind of internally, if it's a stressful situation, think your way through it and not to jump to uh, an answer of, you know, the example she posed in the uh, interview that I conducted with her was a coping thought could just be if you're an elementary school student, you know, I'm not going to start a fight with a five-year-old. And it's just one of those things that kind of like, I feel like the kind of general theme is it seems easy, but it really isn't. I feel like, especially if you're right in the middle of a stressful situation, being able to kind of like internalize and be able to think through a stressful situation uh, can be pretty daunting. I feel like, I mean, it's something I'm nervous for just because um, my experience I've had just in host classrooms and as a camp counselor in the past, um, those situations can be pretty high stress and 
and making sure that your stress doesn't bleed into what you're doing. I mean, I, I mean, I know you guys have worked with students. I mean, Evan, you did the boys and girls club. So I mean, you probably had to encounter, you probably encountered stressful situations and had to kind of deal with it. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially with kids because they don't tell you they're, they're stressed. Usually they're just upset. So they'll do things, throw stuff, argue people, Mm -hmm. push people. So then you usually kind of have to sit them down and ask them what's going on. And then that's usually when you start to, you, it paints the picture of, okay, they're stressed about something else, whether it be schoolwork or family, friends, things like that. So mm-hmm. we've had definitely had to take kids and to like, you know, separate them from the class overall and kind of talk with them and work through those stressful or just overwhelming situations for them. Mm-hmm. It's it sounds like from all of our interviews, it's extremely important to develop coping mechanisms for in the classroom. Yeah. But I noticed my teachers also talked a lot about setting like hard parameters outside of the classroom for themselves to manage stress. Like my teacher talked about on weeknights, he won't work past like eight o'clock. Like, yeah, he'll, he'll make time for himself to sit down and watch a movie mm-hmm. or sometimes he'll multitask in like grade while watching a football game. Oh, yeah. He said he just really needs to find a point to yeah. take a break and relax, and sometimes it's easier said than done. Yeah. But I feel like outside of the classroom, almost mm-hmm. is just as important as yeah. inside. Oh, absolutely. And in my Colleen Eddy interview, she said literally almost verbatim what you said. I, teachers just need to know when enough is enough and when to step away and take some time for themselves and just yeah. you know breathe and collect yourself because, I mean, that stress does add up and being able to cope with it yeah, and uh, in a non-hostile way is like, right, right. <laughs> is pretty They talked important. a lot about like reflecting on engagements with yeah. like students and being like, man, oh, I, I really, I really could have handled that better, but I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a step back and relax and regroup, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And have a better day tomorrow. Oh yeah, easily. And I mean, coping mechanisms and just being able to deal with these stressful situations go beyond just the teacher um, I know in all of our interviews, we discussed support systems and way for schools to support the teacher outside of the teacher, just having to deal with situations, um, on their own. Yeah. And in terms of support systems, I think when I talked to Megan, uh, she was really big on, she, she kept saying clear pathway between the administrators and teachers and teacher to teacher too. But mostly with that administrator and teacher, it's like, you want to be able to come to them for any like big issues that you need help with, or just if you're kind of stuck, because I know, especially as first years teachers and pre-service teachers, you're going to get stuck a lot. And so you want to be able to, you know, approach your administrator, uh, your assistant principal, your principal, and also other teachers or especially veteran teachers about some of the issues that you have, or maybe if you're having trouble with the kid or maybe uh, lesson plans, just not ending up how you would like it to. And even when I talked to, one of my professors uh, this past week, we asked her about lesson plans and, mm-hmm. you know, what what should we expect? And she was like, oh, it depends on your administrator and the district and all these yeah. things. So I think you especially, you do need that, what Megan said, a clear pathway between that administrator and teacher. And I think, Andrew, you had something about that too from Colleen, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, um, in my interview, I asked her what her ideal support system would look like. Um, and really the one quote that really stood out to me, um, in terms of having a supportive administration and principal is having that administration or principal do as much as they can in order to minimize, uh, the total workload put on the teacher 
and really ask yourself what is the most important things that need to be accomplished um, for in terms of what the teacher needs to do. Um, just because I think that kind of relates back to our original topic, stress, was when everything's kind of piling up on a teacher, that obviously contributes to stress, which in turn leads to a waterfall effect of now everyone's stressed out if the teacher's stressed. So I definitely think that kind of like you said, having an effective and supportive administration um, and a principal that is willing to help you out um, and help minimize the kind of workload put on a teacher's shoulders is really important. And also um, something she mentioned was having other teachers to support you and kind of um, kind of help you through, especially if you're a first year and have uh, veteran teachers that you can turn to for advice. And I think like Cole, you said something about that earlier, correct? Yeah, to kind of build off. Uh, first, my both of my teachers addressed how important it is to talk to your principals and administration and especially department chairs too. Both of them talked about how important it is to get in contact with them and on the same page. Okay. But uh, on the individual side, or not individual, the coworkers rather, a lot of times my teachers said they'll go out like on a Friday night to maybe just a local like bar or restaurant and just hang out for a while and just turn the phones off, turn the emails off, notifications, and just talk about their weeks, maybe kind of reflect on what went well, but ultimately mm -hmm. the point is to put it behind them and yep. blow off steam. You oh, know uh, I mean? oh, exactly. And like, that's exactly, yeah, exactly. That's honestly, it makes so much of an impact. I feel like on teachers, especially having um, the same students and seeing the same challenging behaviors as, Especially in the same content area. Oh, easily. Yeah, exactly. Times. And just being able to ask teachers, what do you do when you see this? And just having that, you know, kind of built-in support system going into the profession of I have teachers that have the same students. I have teachers from the same content area. That built-in support system, along with having an effective administration, um, I think really is an optimal support system in my, uh, in my interview, of course. Um, and, all, and the most optimal support system to, uh, for teachers to feel less stressed, I feel like, would be if we were paid more. The, um, yeah. Nice. <laughs> I think we're all in agreement there. Um, I can't argue. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, but, yeah, that um, it really – Yeah, building camaraderie with your coworkers and having people you can rely on to support you, whether that's administration or just a peer – I think it makes a huge difference. Oh yeah. And I think another quick thing too, is just support in general. Uh, I, what's kind of cool is with, you know, the social media boom, like so many teachers are on social media to give those resources. Like there's teachers all over, you know, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and their entire, all of their content is related to working with teachers and kids. So I oh, think yeah. that is really cool. Yeah. I also, my teachers talked real quick about, um, their free professional counseling. They have sessions offered, and that I think that's huge. My teachers oh, yeah. personally haven't engaged in it, but they know a couple peers that have, and they said it, it has helped them yeah. a lot throughout the COVID, like COVID uh -huh. pandemic, especially oh, easily. And, this semester too. Yeah, and in my interview, just literally just exactly the same point, um, Colleen said also in her kind of ideal and optimal support system for teachers, she said that there definitely should be an option available for students to receive mentoring, 
uh, and support for different challenging behaviors or just different situations they might uh, see in a class. Um, and I really think outside of having real outside help, having that essentially another outlet where you can learn uh, just ways to deal with something if your support system isn't necessarily there in the room with you, um, a support system for yourself so that you can think, okay, I don't have someone in the room to help me with this, but I remember learning about this when we were talking about this challenging behavior in this system or in this uh, program rather. Um, yeah. <clears throat> um, but I, you know, like one thing that I really think that uh, I learned from my interview was just going into my first year on good ideas and good concepts to have just in terms of being able to stay on top of the job and not get burnt out. I mean, I'm sure all teachers have at least heard about or talked about uh, teacher burnout. Um, a lot of teachers leaving the profession in the first couple of years. Um, and my, I actually to jump in, my yeah. teachers talk, I asked them a piece of advice for first year teachers and pre-service teachers. And they said the biggest thing they think is you have to be able to forgive yourself and, you know, say sorry to students when you make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think a big part of burnout is not being able to connect with the students effectively and maybe not learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, easily. You definitely kids, you'll find that kids give the most second chances out of anyone. Yeah. As long as you're genuine and mm -hmm. you know, you want what's best for them and they'll understand yeah. In, in the classroom you create, they'll understand that you want, you genuinely, yeah. genuinely care about their learning. And that helps everyone's mental health, not just the teachers. That helps the, the students move on and not be upset or stressed out with you. And yeah. it helps the teacher move forward as well. Um, I, I, I was going to say, the biggest thing that uh, Megan told me or she talked about with me was that, like, in terms of burnout, you know, she or being overworked, she made it a big point of hers to designate like your own personal space for work. Mm -hmm. So say you have maybe uh, a little corner in like your bedroom or maybe like a desk somewhere. If you're working there, make sure work stays there. So don't take your work or your laptop and your notes and grading and bring it out of the kitchen table or the couch or anything like that. Like make sure it stays in that space because anytime you're outside of that space, it's, it's your time. You, sh you don't, you shouldn't have to wear your teacher cap 24 seven because yeah. While it is your job to be a teacher, it's not your job to yeah. be a teacher 24 hours oh, a day, yeah, every single day. We're, we're human beings. My teacher, <laughs> one of my teachers specifically said, you know, we're not automatons. We, we're human beings. We yeah. think and have feelings. Yeah, I definitely think that's one thing that especially people just joining the profession and something that I've been worried about when I go into the profession is how am I going to be able to balance my social and just personal life in general with my teacher life? Because, like, I mean, as much as I want to be a successful teacher, I also don't want to hate the job, you know. And I Well, to go along with that, uh, another piece of advice was you can't always control everything that happens. Mm -hmm. You know, some days might be really, really bad. Mm -hmm. But like we said before, tomorrow's a new day. It's a new opportunity to have a meaningful learning experience and yeah. make a meaningful connection with a kid. Uh -huh. And, like, honestly, the my favorite quote that – uh, Colleen said during the interview, um, and she said it right at the end, and I'm so glad she did, um, was she said that stress level in the teaching profession is high, but 
so is the satisfaction level. Um, and I definitely feel like I've, I've talked about this with you guys that, I mean, despite, you know, how hard one aspect of the job may seem, whether it may be uh, teaching a difficult unit or just trying to connect with that one difficult student that may not be listening to you or you might not be able to connect with. It's so satisfying when you're finally able to connect with that student and when you finally find a strategy to teach a certain lesson a certain way and you be satisfied with it because right. I, I definitely think that's one thing that keeps teachers in the profession more than anything is those little moments where you finally put that last piece of the puzzle in and it doesn't seem so stressful anymore. And it, in fact, it feels satisfying. Right. Well, there's a reason teachers work 40 plus hours a week, mm -hmm. whether it's oh, during yeah. the pandemic or a normal school year because they care. Oh yeah. And I honestly think that, you know, just as first year teachers, um, for us, I think just everything we've talked about in terms of coping mechanisms and support systems and just outside of us, all first year teachers should be really thinking about, you know, how am I going to be able to cope with a difficult situation? How am I going to be able to turn to uh, my administration or fellow teachers and ask them for advice? And how am I just going to, and what stressors am I going to see in the classroom? Right. And so I definitely think that's one topic. Prepare now. Oh, definitely. yeah. Be thinking about those things, things now in order to prevent them from stressing you out in the future. And we just want to go ahead and thank everyone for tuning in tonight. Uh, it really means a lot to us. And I really want to give a special thank you to Megan Warhover for doing that interview with me. Thank you for letting me bother you during work. And it only cost me a cup of coffee. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'd like to extend a big thank you to Mr. Corgan and Mr. Smith for uh, staying on Zoom with me. and taking time out of their busy schedules. Yeah, and I'd like to thank uh, Colleen Eddy um, for um, allowing me to interview her as well. Um, her article, um, which everyone should go check out as well, um, was a big inspiration for uh, my interview with her as well as this project as a whole. So uh, really warm thank you to her and all the other uh, people we interviewed. Um, yeah, it was, really, uh, it was really fun making this project. Check and out our survey. Yeah, make sure you go ahead and check out our survey on the Bridges Twitter account. You can go find them at Mizzou Ed Bridge and just go, you can give them a follow too. That'd be a great idea. And just go ahead and check out our survey for this podcast. We appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. And you know what, actually, why don't we just go ahead? Don't even worry about the survey. Actually, just go and leave a message through uh, Anchor FM and uh, go ahead and let us know like any questions, comments, concerns. Uh, what's on your mind or anything you learned about the podcast. Uh, any feedback would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening.